A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, everyone. Happy New Year. Oh my god, it feels like it's been a lifetime since I've talked to all of you. I took a holiday. <laughs> and by took a holiday, I mean I went to Northeast Ohio and spent Christmas with my family. My family's all outside of Cleveland. So I was home, and I didn't realize how much I'd miss this podcast, this silly podcast. I posted a little, like, Luann uh, Countess Carol uh, audio thing. <laughs> Which was silly. We need to talk about the Countess Luann's arrest. We're going to get into that, I promise, because that is the most pressing issue of 2018. It's something that we need to discuss. But before I do, I just want to recap New Year's Eve. What did you guys all do on New Year's Eve? Now, I stayed in and I watched TV. I was asleep before midnight. (laughs) It's really lame. But you guys, normally... Okay, so every year, I like to watch CNN, Anderson, and Kathy live on New Year's Eve. That's, like, my favorite thing. That's my tradition. Uh, My boyfriend and I, we've been together a while, and so we always like to sit in and watch it. Even... There's been a few years that we went to, like, house party things, and we always sort of end up in the corner watching it, because it just is really fun, and we always loved when... Kathy would make Anderson giggle. So this year, this was the first year that Kathy wasn't on CNN New Year's Eve. And they replaced her with Andy Cohen. Okay, now, first, let's just get out of the way. You guys know I love Bravo. I'm a Bravo super fan. We all know that. You all are, too, I'm sure, if you're listening to this. But it was not good. It was not great. Andy is no substitute for Kathy. And you guys, I had a very surreal New Year's Eve, okay? And I I was hesitant to even share this. Because I don't want to, I don't want to speak out of turn. I don't want to put anyone on blast, and I certainly don't want to gossip or whatever. But I'm, I'm gonna gossip. Here I go. <laughs> so on New Year's Eve, I tweeted something. I tweeted something along the lines of, "I'm gonna miss Kathy on New Year's Eve with Anderson," and I said, "Like politics aside, I'm gonna miss that because I really do feel that way. I did feel that way, and I do feel that way. I think." Aside from how you feel about that infamous Kathy photo, the Kathy Griffin photo, where she has the severed head of Donald Trump, which I do not support that. I do not think that was uh, the greatest artistic move or, or very whatever. But, 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 the punishment did not fit the crime, in my opinion. In my opinion. Of course, everyone's got their own opinion. But I feel like the world in... The entertainment industry, Hollywood, everyone sort of turned her back on Kathy so quickly. And I know it was messy. Right after that, it was so messy what was happening. She did that press conference, which was messy. We talked about it on the podcast. There was like a lot of stuff happening. And, you know, the political climate is so uh, sensitive and everything that's going on. Everyone's so sensitive, rightfully so, with, with what's happening in our country. So right after that happened, she was totally ostracized. And then she did put out some YouTube videos that were... Uh, you know, slightly problematic and, and, and also very interesting and 
in so many different things, entertaining and and so anyway, I tweeted that out. Then I get a text. And please, if you write me on Twitter or Instagram or whatever, please no tagging. Please do not tag any of these people involved. This is between us girls. So please no tagging. Anyway, and I get, again, I didn't want to share this, but I feel like I have to share it. I feel like we all need to know. And also I have a point, which we'll get to. So I get a text saying, hey, Danny, I'm paraphrasing because I don't, I don't have my phone with me, which is a first. <laughs> but so it was like, hey, Danny. Thank you for the support online. This is Kathy Griffin. So-and-so gave me your number. A mutual friend had given her my number. So it was this... Oh, and it said, like, it's been a rough year. Thank you for the online support. Something like that. XOXO Kathy Griffin or something. And there was, like, a little bitmoji of, like, a redhead cartoon, you know, (laughs) which I loved. So at first I'm, like, thinking, like, is this... Am I getting, like, catfished or something? Like, I wasn't sure... If this was a real, you know, thing. And then, so my friend, our mutual friend texted me. I was like, I hope you don't mind. I gave Kathy your number. I just wanted to, uh, you know, let you know. And so it's still, I'm still thinking I'm getting catfished. So I, but I text back and I say something along the lines like, oh my God, thank you. Like, I'm going to miss you on CNN tonight. Because again, for 10 years, she was on, she was doing that with Anderson for 10 whole years. So then we're, you know, we're kind of texting and it's like light texting back and forth. So I'm still thinking, as you are all probably thinking, that I'm getting catfish. I'm thinking Nev from fucking MTV's Catfish is going to come barging through my door like the Kool-Aid man. And he's going to say, like, surprise, gotcha. (laughs) I'm still uncertain. But so then Kathy, as we're kind of going back and forth, and it's all very light, she says something along the lines of like, you know, so-and-so, I'm using the name so-and-so, but because I don't want to say our mutual friend's name, but our mutual friend, she said, he said, you're really great at Instagram. So it can't, I have a question for you. I'm trying to upload a video that's over a minute. Can I upload a video more than a minute? So I say no. And then I'm thinking, oh, here's my in. Here's my way to see if this is a catfish scenario. So I say no. Um, P.S. Like something along the lines of P.S. If you're looking for some silly memes uh, or need a smile, And then I include a link to my Instagram page, at Danny Pellegrino. (laughs) A little plug. Anyway, so I give her a little plug. And so then I'm I'm going to my, I'm logging in Instagram and I'm thinking, well, if she follows me, then it's actually her. So right away, then she follows me, (laughs) you guys. Kathy, from her verified account. So then I'm freaking out even more because now I have confirmation that this is her. And this was in the afternoon on New Year's Eve. And then hours go by, and I'm watching the CNN broadcast with Anderson and Andy. And it was so messy. You guys, it was so boring. It was so, so boring. And I think that must be the hardest job in TV. I mean, it's like four and a half hours of live TV. And, you know, you're expected to be, they're expected to be funny and interesting and compelling. They had stars coming on, like Nicole Kidman and Keith Urban came on. Celine Dion did like a little remote interview. But all the interviews were really awkward because there was a super long time delay between like them, Anderson and Andy asking the questions and then the stars or whoever they were interviewing were answering. And it looked very cold. And the whole time, I mean, the whole time Andy's just commenting on how cold it is, which of course it's, if I'm cold, I'm going to be talking about that nonstop. Right. (laughs) But, but it was just not, it was missing a spark. It was missing any sort of spark. And I think that you need a comedian for something like that. I mean, to captivate four and a half hours 
Like, you can be the greatest host in the world, but what made Anderson and Andy work, or uh, Anderson and Kathy work, was that she's a comedian, so she was bringing the humor, and her and Anderson just had great chemistry. She would make him giggle, and that's what we all love to watch. I mean, Andy, Andy and Anderson, uh, it was just... I, and I also can't even imagine, they go on tour together, Anderson and Andy, and it's like, is that, I don't know what their tour is exactly like. I'd be curious to see it, just because I can't imagine what they do on stage for an hour or two. And if that's what they do, then, you know, I don't want a ticket. But it was just not, it, it really made me miss Kathy. So then I tweeted something again, like, I tweeted a funny picture of uh, red hair over Andy's face, like... <laughs> I don't know how to explain it, but so he tweeted that. And then, um, so then Kathy texted me again, like, thank you for the tweet. And so this is all. And then, so we're, then we're texting back and forth and I'm like, are you, is everything okay? Like, are you holding up? Okay. Because I can't imagine what it'd be like. You have this job for 10 years and then you're watching, uh, you know, on this, uh, holiday and you're watching somebody else do your job and in a much worse way, but it must be so tough. Like, Let's take aside if you're listening and you let's say you hate Kathy. Like I get it. Like if you don't like her as an entertainer or whatever. You have to have some sort of human compassion for this woman who's watching a job she did. Imagine having a job for 10 years and then you're watching somebody else do it. It must and and not only that her whole career has really completely altered and changed and it I don't know that it will ever be what it was. You know, she's won multiple Emmys. I think she has a Grammy. Something just fell in my apartment. <laughs> Did anyone hear that? I don't know if the audio picked it up, but I'm like terrified. Like, is that the government? <laughs> I'm defending Kathy. Is that the government? I feel like the government's going to like swoop in here and arrest me or something. You guys, am I safe? <laughs> oh my God, my heart's racing, you guys. The government's after me. Um, Where was I? Okay, so... Yeah, imagine watching this. It must just be so hard. And I don't want to, I'm not going to go into the details of what we were texting about or whatever, because I don't want to, you know, I I don't know, share that information. I don't want her to think that I'm, you know, relaying that private conversation or whatever. But I just want to, I just say it to say that it made me look at the situation in a much different way. Because all of a sudden I was, when you put a, a, a human to the story. So the news story was, you know, Kathy did this uh, artistic expression and or what she thought was an artistic expression. And she put out this photo of, uh, with the head and everything. And it was, it, you know, it was not received well. And, and her whole life was turned upside down. I mean, she's not able to tour in the U S she lost all jobs. She lost, she lost a lot, a lot, a lot. And if you just look at the news story, and I'm one of those people, and I think everyone is, they look, they hear those stories, and they see the news and read the headlines and stuff, and they think, well, you know, she got what she deserved, right? I think we've all said that about the situation, particularly right away. I think so much time has passed that we all sort of look at it differently now. But when it first happened, we thought, oh, well, she got what she deserved. And I just would like us all to sit and think, like, did the punishment fit the crime? And Let's all realize that there is a human on the other side of that news story. And it made me, you know, it sounds so silly, but just connecting with her in a little way on texting with her, it made me just think of the human behind it. And I thought, wow, like this woman has really been put through the ringer and, and the, what she has, what she must have had endured and the death threats 
you know, from Twitter, because, uh, you know, this political, it's a political thing, too. So it's like that. If you're not on Twitter, if you're listening, and you're not on Twitter, you don't really, you might not understand, but like, the amount of trolls and, and negativity online that people that everyone endures, but particularly in a political situation like that, where, you know, she has all these Trump supporters going after her and, and with death threats and saying, you know, calling her names and I just having a face or putting some human behind it just made me think, wow, this woman has been through so much. And I can't even imagine what that night was like for her. I, I, it must have just been horrible and so hard to watch. And I'm sure a little part of her was a little happy, right? Like a little happy that Andy was not doing so great. And if you were online on Twitter and everything, you saw that everyone was sort of hating it. <laughs> I mean, if you looked up the hashtag CNNNYE, you would see everyone was just saying, like, bring Kathy back. We need Kathy back. So I'm, I'm sure there was a little bit of uh, excitement and happiness to see that support rallied around her for the first time. I mean, this uh, that photo situation happened in May, and so this was the first time maybe she was seeing more support for her. But I don't know. I just if, if you're one of those people that has looked at her and said, or read the news stories and said, she got what she deserved, blah, 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 like, just take a step back and maybe think about what she went through and, and and have a little bit of compassion, like a little bit of compassion. Even if you're listening and you, you are, you know, love Trump and you, you think that it was wrong and hurtful to his family, like, I get it. I, I think most people agree that that wasn't the right artistic expression at the time. But just think about the punishment and the crime and, and think about this woman who's lost so much. And, and some of it maybe was, uh, you know... What should have happened, but I don't know. I don't know. So I would love to share you guys what 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 we were texting about, and I would you know because I'd love to I'd love to do that, but I don't wanna I don't wanna be like a narc or I don't know what the right word is. Anyway, so I missed that, and then of course I missed her on New Year's Eve. So I watched Anderson and Andy for a while, and then I was flipping back and forth between Ryan with Ryan Seacrest. And they had some good performances. Kelly Clarkson, of course, gave an amazing performance. As always, her voice is flawless, and I really want one of her songs to be a big hit off her new album, because that new album's so good. And then Mariah Carey, my queen, my everything, Mariah Carey, gave the comeback performance of a lifetime. And wow. Wow, let's take a moment of silence to honor <laughs> Let's all honor Mariah. One moment of silence. Wow. Okay, that was a quick moment, but we needed to at least honor her because she gave the comeback performance of a lifetime. Everyone counted her out last year. And then to see her come back to that stage and perform Hero, which the lyrics of Hero still hold up. She wrote that song. She performed two songs. She did Vision of Love and she did Hero. She wrote both of those songs. Both of those songs went to number one. She wrote the lyrics to them. She sang the shit out of them back in the day. And she did really well. It started off a little shaky, I thought. And then, you know, when she hit her stride, she, and she looked so fucking good, you guys. She lost. She looks fantastic. She looks fantastic. I mean, stunningly beautiful. I'm sure she was cold in what she was wearing. But she had that beautiful fur on. And I was just so happy she had a successful performance because I think all the gays were worried. We were all on the edge of our seats. I mean, the whole day was, I was biting my nails the entire day thinking like, what's going to happen? She, I knew she couldn't, she couldn't afford to have another disastrous performance like the year before. So we got our good redemption performance. And I hope 
She's got new management now. I'm very hopeful for 2018. I want her to to come back big. I want her to have some hit songs. I don't know that it's possible, but but she did over Christmas. I don't know if you guys heard this story over the holidays, but All I Want for Christmas is You cracked the Billboard Top 10 for the very first time since it was released. It reached number 9 on the Billboard Hot 100, which is the highest it's ever reached. Let's all celebrate that. Let's all celebrate that. I love her. I was so happy she had a good performance. And Jenny McCarthy, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> not sure why she's still employed. I, I'm not sure why they're putting her on that broadcast. I'm not sure what's going on with her look. I'm not sure. There, I have so many questions. What are, does, is she a big draw? Like, is she a big audience draw that ABC keeps putting her on? I mean, I just don't understand. And it's not like she's bringing in young viewers. Like, I don't think young people are like, oh, Jenny McCarthy. I love that anti-vaccine woman that was on The View for a season. <laughs> what? Or no one remembers singled out. Like, I can't, you guys. I have read all of Jenny McCarthy's books, though, which I'm not proud of. It's not something I want to bring up at dinner parties. I'm just telling you in the confidence of this podcast. And I hate that I have. I hate that I've read her books because they're terrible and I don't even like her. But for some reason, like, do you guys ever, do you have anyone or anything where it's like, somehow I just always wind up with her book. Like somebody like leaves it at my house or gives it to me as a joke or a gift or something. And then I end up reading it like cover to cover. I think one of them, when I got my Kindle, it was like a free book download. And I'm like, oh, I need that. (laughs) And then all of a sudden I'm in the beach of, I'm on a beach somewhere, like reading Jenny McCarthy's memoirs. And it's like, how did this happen? I've never read Pride and Prejudice, but I've read every single one of Jenny McCarthy's books. There's like six of them or something. (laughs) I guess that's why ABC hires her. Because people like me buy her books. Actually, I don't know if I've ever bought one. I should just clarify that. But I have read it each each one. <laughs> okay, so time to talk about Bravo. We haven't talked about Bravo in forever, and there's so much Bravo stuff going on over the holidays. We were blessed with some episodes of some shows, and others were on hiatus. It seemingly made no sense. <laughs> Vanderpump Rules was on, though. We had... Uh, I think New Jersey was on a break, and we got new Beverly Hills. And okay, you guys, I have this theory about Beverly Hills. So Beverly Hills premiered right before Christmas. It was a really strange time to premiere a show, right? Because normally you would have an episode, and then when there's... They always take like a break over between Christmas and New Year's, so normally a lot of those shows go on break because they assume people aren't watching as much appointment TV. They're catching on up on marathons and they're spending time with family. And, you know, that week in between Christmas and New Year's, you just completely lose track of time. So at least I do. Like I <laughs> like wake up out in a in my pajamas and I'm like, where am I? And it's four four o'clock in the afternoon and I'm on my parents' <laughs> parents parents' living room floor. But anyway, I digress. But so I thought it was really weird that Beverly Hills premiered right before Christmas. And then they also had episodes throughout the holidays, which I thought was really strange until I saw the episodes. And I say that because the episodes were so fucking boring. <laughs> I don't want I don't want to talk shit, but you guys, we have another season of Orange County on our hands. We do. We're 3 episodes into Beverly Hills Housewives and nothing has happened. 
And I have this theory, I don't know that I'm right, but I have this theory that the producers are banking on us, sort of uh, enjoying the wish fulfillment part of Beverly Hills. And what I mean by that is they're showing a lot of like trips and glamour and things that are expensive and everything. And I think they want us uh, to... To, I, I think they want to attract us to that, to the glamour, to the money of Beverly Hills, and not the drama. But you know, I I want I like the drama. I at least need something, something to sink my teeth in. Sink, <laughs> I'm stuttering. Something to sink my teeth into. I can't just have a boring nothingness going on. I don't I don't care about Dorit's eighteen thousand dollar dinnerware. Okay, because I just saw the movie Home again. And the plates in that couldn't have been more than $14 per plate at TJ Maxx. And those were a dream. Okay, those, that, the flatware in Home Again was, that was something, that was wish fulfillment. That's what I want to see. I don't care about Dorit's $18,000 plates because they had no personality. They were ugly. They were plain. So anyway, I have this theory that the producers are banking on us, enjoying the, the extravagant, Ness, <laughs> the that of Beverly Hills, and it's not enough to hook us, you guys. We're three episodes in, and nothing's happened. Rena and Dorit sort of made up, but Beverly Hills always gets rid of the villains. They get rid of the crazy people. We have no more Kim Richards. We have no Brandy Glanville. We have no villain to root for. They even got rid of Eileen. And you guys, I think we have another season of Orange County in my hands, and I have an inside source. Okay, we're three episodes in, and I did hear from someone who knows these things, who saw the next three or four episodes, and he informed me that literally nothing else happens. Like, nothing, (laughs) that they don't have anything. There's nothing really going on. There's, like, little tiny bits of drama, but they're really boring, and, and they don't have a whole lot for us to sink our teeth into, and this is upsetting. And I don't, I don't wanna, I don't want all of us to just, have nothing to look forward to because we all look forward to these shows. And so I don't want to bum everyone out. And I, but maybe maybe by me telling you this, we'll all go in with very low expectations and then maybe we'll be surprised. But from what I hear, they have nothing. Oh, and I also heard one more thing that's sort of an, an insidery thing that I'm not sure if it's true. This is just totally, and I might have already shared this on the podcast, but I don't know that this is true, but I heard and it totally makes sense. I heard the Real Housewives of New York are paid per episode. So they're per, you know how they film the season and then Bravo edits and cuts them the episodes down and then they decide how many episodes the season's going to be. So if you notice with these Housewives shows, they're all different amounts of episodes. So some seasons will be 10 episodes, others will be 25. It, it all depends on what they have. And from what I understand, New York, their contracts, they're paid per episode. Again, this is all alleged. This could be totally false. But the theory makes sense, and I did hear it from an inside source. (laughs) So they are paid per episode, and the Beverly Hills Wives are paid per season. So what that means is the New York girls are more interested in creating drama and having drama and having compelling storylines because if they do, then Bravo will be ed- able to edit more episodes out of the content than if they don't. So if they have a lot of drama, if there's a lot going on, 
Bravo can edit 20-some episodes, and then these women get paid more. They get higher paychecks. Whereas the Beverly Hills women, if this theory is true, they get paid per season, so they don't care how many episodes we get. If if they don't care if it's 12 episodes or 24, because they're still getting the same amount of money because it's per season. So they don't feel obligated each week to be bringing something new and to be thinking about making good TV. And that's... That seem I, I again I don't know if that's true but it seems like it makes sense because Beverly Hills always has like a lot simmering throughout the season and then it usually explodes towards the end and there's like we get like two good episodes last season I felt like we got two good episodes at the end but for the most part the whole season was a wet rag and if you look at something like New York or Atlanta they're bringing stuff every week you're getting compelling TV, you're getting interesting storylines, you're getting drama, fights, all of it. And Vanderpump Rules, too. I mean, it makes sense that those kids are paid per week because every week there's something going on and they bring a lot to the table. And I wish the Beverly Hills girls would act more like some of those other casts. I feel like they aren't as much, they aren't team players. Like they're not Kyle and Vanderpump. They're just sort of sitting back. They're not bringing a lot to the table. We have no villains. Dorit is sort of the villain, I guess, this season. But these shows are soap operas, so we need villains. So I always say, like, I know people hated Brandy or, you know, some of the other people in the past, but it's like, we need those people on these shows so that we have villains and that we can move storyline ahead. When everyone's getting along, like right now in Beverly Hills, it's boring as fuck. And Rinna, God bless Rinna, Rinna does so much to bring drama, but I feel like this season she's like, you know what, fuck it, I've done it every year. I feel like she's tired of being that person. And these people need to rotate, like, we need different villains each season. The the women that are cast on the show, they need to rotate around. So, you know, some seasons Kyle is going to be the villain, some seasons Vanderpump should be. But they need to... They need to accept that, and they need to bring something. It's just so boring. And I know I'm rambling about hating Beverly Hills. I'm still going to watch every episode, just like I did with Orange County. But I'm not optimistic. I'm, You know what? Here's what I'm saying. I'm saying we all need to lower expectations, and then maybe we'll get some gems. Maybe we'll get some good stuff. I also don't find the Beverly Hills women as funny as New York. And I've said this before. I'll say it again. The New York women are funny on their own. In their individual scenes, they're very funny. Beverly Hills, like, none of them are funny on their own. Erica Jane is sort of interesting to me on her own. Like, that whole life facade she's putting up is very funny to me and interesting, but the other woman, Kyle, is not very interesting on her own. I would like to say I'm liking Teddy. I feel like she's got some, she's got some villain bubbling under the surface. I like her. She's very attractive. She's beautiful. I think Teddy is beautiful, and I'm really hopeful that we'll get a Meg Ryan appearance. Because you know her dad has had a love affair with Meg Ryan, so I'm hopeful that, fingers crossed, we're going to get a Meg Ryan appearance on Beverly Hills Housewives. Because Meg Ryan is one of my ultimate queens. I mean, I love her so much. Ooh, and I'm going to back up for a second. I do want to talk about one more thing with Dorit, and that's the fact that every time she sees her son Jacker, it's as if she's seeing him for the very first time. Am I right? It's like she's never seen the boy before. Anytime he walks into the scene. 
Like, t- uh, on this week, he had a gorgeous little suit on. He looked so cute in his little tuxedo or suit. And he walked into Dorit's birthday dinner. And it was as if Dorit had never seen this boy for 25 years. Did you ever see that movie, The Deep End of the Ocean? <laughs> This is a cut. But you remember the movie The Deep End of the Ocean? It's like Michelle Pfeiffer loses her little boy. And then, you know, like 10 years later or something, he comes, he moves next door and and with the parents that raised him. And she sees Michelle Pfeiffer, like, sees her actual son for the very first time in like 10 years. I feel like that's what happens to Dorit every time her son Jagger walks into frame. (laughs) Like, like, uh, she has no idea where he came from. She hadn't seen him for days, weeks, months, years. I mean, what is going on? Is it just because the nannies are with him all the time? I mean, I know he looked adorable, so of course there's going to be a big reaction seeing him in a little suit, but it's every scene he's in. It's like Dorit has never seen this child since his birth. And, you know, that's a problem, and frankly, I love it. Oh, so where were we? Teddy. Teddy is... Someone I'm interested in. And I don't know, it seems like Teddy could be going after Eric a little bit. I think they're planting those seeds. I don't know if we'll get much out of it. It's always hard for a new housewife. Their first season, they don't get into the mix too much. But I'm hopeful with Teddy. I really am. I want to try to get Teddy on this podcast, like, before she... Before the season gets on too much. I need to ask her to come on, because I feel like it'd be fun to talk to her... Oh, and you know who I'm dying to get on is Countess Luann. I mentioned her a little bit earlier, and I know she's going through a rough time. I, I posted, like, that little Countess Carol that was about her West Palm, her Palm Beach arrest. Right, it was two days before Christmas. And you guys, that shook my world. That shook my world. And you guys, I have to be honest with you, I feel partially responsible. I think, I mean, I hate to give myself too much credit, but I think I was responsible for a lot of that because that day, okay, so the Countess, let me just back up for a second. If you haven't been following the news, if you haven't been reading the blogs and following the news, Countess Luann from the Houses of New York was arrested on the 23rd, so the day before Christmas Eve. She apparently got really drunk. She was found in a hotel room that wasn't hers with another guy. (laughs) All been there. And she refused to get out when the police arrived at the scene. And I believe she was um, arrested on counts of disorderly conduct and trying to fight a police officer. She allegedly said, I'm going to kill you all to the police force. And you guys, there's a movie called Bright that came out that same day on Netflix about um, Will Smith's and the police force, you know, and it's like about the dangers of uh, of the police force. And let me tell you something, that movie had nothing on the Countess Luann arrest. I'd much rather watch the Countess Luann arrest from like some shady camera that's videoing, you know, the cop cars or something, or like, you know, how the police officers carry around cameras. I'd love to see that footage way more than I need to see that movie Bright on Netflix about Will Smith as a cop with, like, fucking Shrek. But I digress. Anyway, so Luann threatened to murder the police. (laughs) And 
She was taken into court. She was arrested. Apparently, she's now in rehab. But this all happened on the 23rd. And you guys, I was in contact with the Countess, with Countess Luann, on December 23rd. So earlier that day, I was at home with my family, and I took a little break. Like, on Instagram, I do a lot of memes and stuff, and I try to do one every day. But over the holidays, I was like, I'm taking a little bit of a break. However, during that time, there was a a little marathon that I ran on my own of the Berkshires episodes of The Real Housewives of New York, because they're Christmas episodes. So I wanted to get in the holiday spirit and watch these episodes. So I was watching the last season Berkshires episodes, and there was just so much good stuff. I was watching, and I was like, you know what, there's so much stuff, I gotta meme it. You know, that's how my brain works. I'm like, oh, I gotta meme it. So anyway, December 23rd, that morning, I posted a meme of... Countess Luann and Dorinda, and it was right after Countess got in that big fight where Bethany called her a slut and a whore. And then Dorinda got all upset because, you know, she made it nice, she decorated, whatever. So I posted this meme of Luann, and Luann follows me on Instagram, and she wrote me a nice message. She said uh, something along the lines of, let me try to find it. I don't know if I could find it. But she wrote me that day. I'm going to find it, you guys. Hold hold steady. <laughs> hold steady. Oh, okay. So she wrote me, I just cannot, with a bunch of emojis, laughter emojis, whatever. So I, of course, wrote her back saying, thanks so much for giving us so much, Lou. Merry Christmas. Then Luann writes back to me, Merry Christmas to you and a happy, healthy 2018. This made my day, exclamation point, multiple emojis. So this was in the afternoon of December 23rd. Later that evening is when Countess Luann drank too much, was in somebody else's hotel room that wasn't hers with another guy, and then threatened to murder the police force. Now, I'm not saying that I encouraged it. But I do think that maybe she was so happy from my meme (laughs) that she decided to have a couple extra drinks. She was feeling loose. Because, you know when you read something funny, you know, you see something funny, you see a funny meme, you get a good chuckle, it makes you feel a little looser. So I feel that if I had any part in this, if I made Luann feel a little too loose that day, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And, you know, again, I want to wish her a happy, healthy 2018. And I'm just, I'm sorry for my partner. So I'd like to take this opportunity to apologize. I'd like to apologize to the Palm Beach Police Force for my meme. <laughs> and, you know, Luann, if you're listening, I love you. And we're all rooting for you. I think. That's We're all rooting for Luann, aren't we? Like, despite it all, despite it all, I think she's presented herself in ways that we all know aren't true. You know, she's had quite a journey throughout. At the beginning of her, her tenure on the New York Housewives, she was this countess who who was elegant and well-spoken, and she came out with a book called Class with the Countess and blah, blah, blah. And then she evolved. She evolved into that cigarette-smoking... 
hungover, sleeping with the pirate, waking up, not cool, doing the not cool, your don't be uncool Heather with the big glasses hungover. I mean, she has evolved and we've, it's a journey that we've all witnessed. And to be along on that journey is something that I'll never forget in my lifetime. And I don't think many of you will either. So anyway, I'm not sure what's going on with her arrest. I really want to get her on this podcast. I might. I mean, I'm going to try. I I don't know if she'll respond or be interested. (laughs) But I'm certainly going to give it a college try. And again, I'm not sure where she's at right now, if she's in rehab or if she's in martial arts classes. I don't know. (laughs) Martial arts classes, did that that even make any sense? I, I was referring to how she threatened to kill the police force. I mean that was like a, literally a quote in the in the police report. It says like Luann said I will kill you all. <laughs> and apparently she Oh my god, you guys, this is the best part. She escaped her handcuffs. Did you read this? She escaped, so they put her in handcuffs and she like got out of them. Like what the fuck kind of catch me if you can shit is that? That Luann Delaseps, Countess Luann Delaseps D'Agostino was able to get out of those handcuffs. I mean, you can only do that if you've done it before. There's no way that anyone could just get out of those handcuffs. I mean, I need... It's it's a fiction. You know, this is a fictional... This is a fiction story waiting to be told. Like, I need to see Countess Luann... I need to see a limited series on the USA Network about a woman named the Countess Luann who's able to slip out of, in and out of handcuffs and who's threatening to murder the police. Like, I need to see all of this. I'm willing to write it. If anyone wants to hire me, I'll write it. I don't know. Who would you cast? Oh, that's a good one. Who would you cast? Who would you guys cast as Countess Luann? I'm thinking, like, Mariska Hargitay. Or Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence likes to play women that are much older than her. You know, Jennifer Lawrence likes to steal roles from from women over forty. So maybe we could get Jennifer Lawrence to play that role. Oh, that bugs me. She, Jennifer Lawrence is always playing someone fucking forty and above, and she's twenty two or whatever. Uh, we're, we're gonna talk about movies. Um, maybe we should just talk about movies now. Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell, online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. 
That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are, are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. Uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everything iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everything iconic. I wanted to give a little rundown of my favorite movies of the year. It's a new year, and everyone's doing their, like, top ten lists. Okay, okay, so I'm doing my top ten of 2017. Now, I will mention there's a couple movies that I didn't see that I thought could possibly make this list. Um, of the, uh, Those movies are The Post, the Meryl Streep, Tom Hanks movie. I feel like I love it. I love journalism movies. I love anything set in a newsroom, and I love Meryl. I love Tom Hanks. I mostly love Steven Spielberg, so... I, I'm dying to see that. I haven't gotten to it. And, um, oh, Shape of the Water. That's that Guillermo del Toro movie. And I feel like I'd like that too, but I haven't seen it. One of my friends, my friend Sean said that was his favorite movie this year. And I usually trust his taste. So I'm very excited to see that. But other than that, I've seen all like the Oscar movies. I've seen all the stuff the critics are saying are the best movies of the year. So I just want to go down my favorite of the year. So if you've never seen these, maybe try to check them out. You know, the some of them are playing all over the world. Some of them are on DVD or, or, or streaming or whatever. However the fuck you watch them. <laughs> anyway, these are my favorites. So my number one movie of the year. Wait, I'll go backwards. No, I'm going to go forward. <laughs> we'll go, we'll go one to ten. Okay, so my number one movie is I, Tanya. I fucking loved it. I loved it. Uh, Alice and Janney, Margot Robbie. It's about uh, Tanya Harding. And you. Got, it was just so good. The only like little complaint I had about it was that I didn't really love all the music choices. I thought they were just weird. It was like good music, but a little weird. But it was truly my favorite movie to watch of the year. I think there's... I'm not saying these are the best movies of the year. I think these are just my favorite movies of the year. Got it? Okay. So my number two is Lady Bird. That's with Laurie Metcalf and Greta Gerwig. And I am going to have a hard time. So like the leading people for supporting actress for the Oscars are Alice and Janney in I, Tanya and Laurie Metcalf in Lady Bird. And these are two women that I love so, so much. I always have. I always will. And I don't know how they're going to decide. I don't know how the Academy will decide because they were both so great. 
I do, I, I hate to even say this because Laurie Metcalf is like one of my top, top, like 10 actresses of all time. I think she's so good. But I do think Allison Janney did just a slightly better job. But I would be so thrilled if either of them win. So anyway, Lady Bird was my number two. Coco was number three. Coco's that Pixar movie. I thought it was beautiful, stunning, brilliant. I cried like a fucking baby. Talked about it on here before. I loved it. Number four was Ingrid Goes West. And this is a movie I felt like kind of got overlooked. I don't think a lot of people saw it. It's Elizabeth Olsen in Aubrey Plaza. If you haven't seen it, go see it. It's just, it's a great commentary on social media and all that stuff. It's fantastic. Uh, Number five, Girls Trip. I love Girls Trip. It was, in my mind, the funniest movie of the year. Uh, Tiffany Haddish should be, Haddish, not Haddish, Haddish. She should be nominated for Academy Award. She was so good. Uh, She was phenomenal in it. Um, number six, I just saw it was Disaster Artist, and I just loved it so much. It's about movie making. If you've never seen The Room, it's about the making of The Room, and James Franco's never been better. And if you've never seen The Room, I recommend going to watch that first, because it's hysterical. And then watching Disaster Artist, because it'll all make more sense. But it was so fun, and I I found it oddly inspiring. Like, I don't know if we were supposed to, but I did. I was inspired by the disaster artist. I thought it was just so great. So number seven is Wonder Woman. I mean, what more can be said about Wonder Woman? It was just such a great superhero movie. That No Man's Land scene was just perfectly inspirational. And I also think there was romance in Wonder Woman that we haven't seen on screen in a long time because it was very cinematic romance. I mean, there's that scene where uh, Chris Pine and Gal Gadot are slow dancing in the snow. And it's just one of the most beautiful romantic scenes in any movie this year. And we don't get a lot of romance in these movies. You know, sometimes there's like a love plot stuck onto these movies. And this was like a big badass superhero movie that had a beautiful love story at its core. And Chris Pine was naked in it, and he looked beautiful. It was great. So that was number seven. Number eight. This is controversial. My number eight pick is Power Rangers. I loved Power Rangers so much. I There was diversity in Power Rangers that we've never seen in a superhero movie. There was um, a, a, les- a bisexual, lesbian character, a queer character... Uh, Trini, the Yellow Ranger, was a queer character. We had Billy was an autist. He was on the spectrum. We've never had a superhero like that. It was very diverse, multicultural, multi-ethnic. And I wish they would make a part two. I don't think they're going to because it didn't make a lot of money, but it should have made more money. It was so, so fucking good. So, And I grew up on the Power Rangers too, so I loved all the nostalgia stuff. I mean, I was obsessed with Power Rangers as a kid. So to see it come to life in this big budget movie, I was in heaven and I just thought it was so well done. There's a scene where I cried. I mean, I definitely did cry. Maybe twice. I cry a lot. (laughs) Number nine is, um, I'm just, now I'm thinking about how I cry a lot. Like that's not something I should tell people all the time. Every episode, I feel like I'm talking about how I cry a lot. 
It is what it is. I have a proximity to depression that's not healthy, but here we are. Anyway, so number nine is patty cakes. I talked about this on the podcast before. Love patty cakes. It's very inspirational. It's good, good music. It was one of those movies I just loved watching. Again, I don't think it's a, a, the best well-made, uh, best-made movie of the year, but it was one of them that I had the most fun watching. Like, I didn't want to press pause. I didn't want to get up to go to the bathroom. I just wanted to sit and enjoy it. It was that good. Okay, and then my number 10 pick is um, Lisa Renna's Instagram story where she watches season one of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Now, this wasn't shown in theaters, but, you know, I know we're counting streaming now. You know, nowadays we count movies as things that premiere on Netflix or Hulu or something called Crackle. And so I'm including Lisa Renna's viewing from her Insta story of the season one of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills on my list because it was that good. If you caught it, it was over Christmas. I wish it was saved somewhere. I don't know. So AFI, AFI could re- watch it all and, and put it on their list, but it was so good. Oh, and then there's a special place in my heart for home again. <laughs> home again did not make my top ten list, but it's like on a separate list because I know out of all those movies I named, Home Again is going to be the one that I watch the most. When I'm sick with the flu, when I'm hungover as fuck, I'm going to be putting on Home Again, and I promise that's the one that I'm going to be watching all the time. Maybe I, I, I know I'll watch, I'll watch all of those again, I'm sure, at least once. But Home Again, I know that I'll watch at least 76 more times in the next year. Like, throughout 2018, I'm always going to put it on. I do that with every Nancy Myers movie, The Intern. I remember seeing The Intern, and I was like, it was okay. Like, I thought it was okay. And I've seen it upwards of 4,500 times. <laughs> Whenever I'm looking for something, it's like I just throw it on. It makes me so happy relaxes me, all of it. So those are my favorite movies. And again, if a lot of people, I posted this on Twitter and a lot of people were saying like, where's your, um, what happened to call me by your name? And it's just not on my list. There's a lot of movies that were, I I respect that were great movies, but they just weren't, they weren't on my list. Okay, so now that my best movies are out of the way, I do want to let you know that I was planning on doing a full 2017 recap. My plan was to have my good friend Ira on, Ira Madison. If you don't follow him on Twitter, please go do it now, at Ira. And unfortunately, at the last minute, he couldn't do it. He got sick over the holidays, which I get. And he's got a podcast coming out soon, so be sure to check for that. Uh, And hopefully Ira will be on soon. I'm not... I'm not worried about that. He'll be on soon. But I was scrambling because I wanted to have a guest on. And unfortunately, Ira couldn't make it. And so I looked for the next best thing. I looked for the person who I would most respect in pop culture. (laughs) I'm kidding, you guys. I got my mother. I interviewed my mother. Actually, I started interviewing my mother and my father. But then my dad had to abruptly leave the room. So anyway... This is going to be a, a quick little interview with my my mom. 
it's her thoughts on everything that she loved from the year. I, I gave, presented her some stories and we chatted about them. So anyway, without further ado, here is my pop culture discussion of 2017 with Linda Pellegrino. Okay, guys, I am here with my parents, Gary and Linda Pellegrino. Uh, let first just say, well, I don't want to say how old you are. Maybe like give like a, what would you consider yourselves, like a baby boomer? <laughs> you can give your age if you'd like. No, we're we get baby con- boomers. We get contact. <laughs> my mom's had a glass of wine. <laughs> Cut me off. She's right half now. in the bag. No, stop now. <laughs> stop it, Danny. Okay, so I just want to talk about what you guys, this, this whole episode's a pop culture recap okay. of 2017. So I'm going to go through some stories, but before I do that, let's just kind of get a feel for what you guys like. Like, what do you watch? Is there any TV shows you watch? I always watch E! News. And, um, and you like your General, ho- General Hospital? I love my General Hospital. And you yep. still watch that daily, right? And This Is Us. Yes, I watch it every night. I tape it, and I watch it usually when I... We're getting ready to go to bed, usually around 10, 10.30. I turn it on, and Dad's snoring away. Yeah, that's and your wind-down time, That's right? my wind-down time. Now, why have you never gotten into Housewives? Because we talk a lot about Housewives on here. And Housewives is a soap opera, so what... I just, I don't have, I don't have that much time in the day to watch all that. Yeah. I feel like, you know... Um, you feel overwhelmed because there's so many different Housewives? Yes. Yes. Oh, phone's ringing. And I just... I just feel that, um, I just feel like I, I'm, you know, I'm into my certain shows. Like I tape This Is Us, I tape um, General Hospital, I tape a couple other ones, Dancing with the Stars, um, you know, a lot of those reality shows, uh, you know, those other reality shows. You watch Kardashians though, right? I I do. Not so much anymore, but I have for years and years. Yeah. So you go in and out a little bit. I go in and out, but I like to keep on, you know, keep untrack what they're doing and stuff yeah now what about this is us you love this is us i love this is us yes. why do you love this is us because it just is like a, a human family story yeah yeah i really do enjoy like, it dad now, likes that too i feel like they manipulate people a little bit like they try to make you cry every episode i don't cry every episode i don't see it yeah. that sad and i don't get why the um media keeps saying like you cry at every episode I mean, I've maybe had a tear in my eye for certain ones, yeah. but it's nothing that I go. And you're a crier, this is, too. This and is it's nothing that crying. I go like, it, oh, it's so sad. It's just kind of, you know, it's just like good family living show. I don't like it's human problems. Yes. Who do you like most on that show? Um, do you like Mandy Moore? I do like Mandy Moore. And I like her daughter. I love her. Did you ever pay any attention to Mandy Moore like back in never. the day? Did you know never, her songs never, never. or anything? Yeah. No, I, I mean, I knew she was a singer and I knew a couple of her songs, but never paid attention to it. Yes. Now, um, I, did you see Wonder Woman, by the way? I have that in my notes to see. Did, did you watch that? I kind of, but no, kind of not. Yeah. Yes, I did not. What about Girls Trip? Did you watch that? I did. That was very good. Did you like it? I did like it. Yes, it was a lot of fun. Yes, it was a funny movie. Yes. Did you think it was too raunchy for you? No, no. No. And we like uh, uh, Dad and I watch Mike and Molly a lot because we love Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, we love her. We love Vince, the guy on there. Vince, we just love that. Um, We talk a lot about Big Little Lies. I tried to get you to watch this. Yeah, I I started watching it. I just didn't get into it. Didn't get into it. You said it was too slow. You told me it. It took a while to get there. Yes. 
Okay, now I want to talk a little bit about some pop culture moments okay. that happened. So we start off the year with Mariah Carey's New Year's Eve performance. Okay. It and was tough. That I, was tough to watch. That was tough to watch. That was very tough to watch. No. I, I mean, to me, she's always been a superstar. Yeah. Like, and to see her fumble and, like, really go off track, I, I, it was, like, depressing. Yeah, it was depressing. Yeah, it was depressing. And... Oh, I should note that I'm recording this before Mariah's comeback New Year's Eve performance. And I'm so going to try to I'm going to try to catch it. Yes. Yeah. If I'm not here, I'm taping it. Yeah. Because I do want to see it. So now I want to ask um, about uh, there's all these uh, sex scandals in Hollywood, like the the Harvey Weinstein and all this stuff. Oh, I'm so. You, what's your take on all of it? It's very upsetting. I mean, I do agree that you know what if. Um, you know, if somebody's saying that somebody did something like that, where there's smoke, there's fire. So, yes, definitely they are guilty of, of different things like that. Um, it's sad. It saddens me. And it's all these guys. It saddens yeah. me because I feel like, and it doesn't sadden me for the guys. It saddens me for their families because mm-hmm. that would be so tough to go through. The wives and kids yes, and stuff. The families and stuff. And they're innocent bystanders, you know, innocent people. And it's everyone, right? It's yeah. Matt Lauer, who we never yes. would have thought. And, you know, that is just so sad because you, you look up to these people that you think, oh, wow, they're really good, decent, and then you hear this stuff. So yeah. it's very saddening. Um, and are you a Today Show watcher? You yes. watch Kathleen mm-hmm. Hoda, I know that, but yes. do you watch the other ones? Yes, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. I always So have. What's your fa- who's your favorite on the Today Show? Um, Since we're talking about Today Show. Yes. Do you like Savannah? I like Savannah. Yes, I like Savannah. And I... Still love Al Roker forever. He's just fun. He's just natural. You know, I do like Al Roker. And I know you love, do you still love Kathy Lee and Hoda? I love Kathy Lee and Hoda. Yeah. Hoda's (laughs) just so, and Kathy Lee is like, she just reminds me of such a good person. I could be wrong, but she portrays and she just is inspirational by a lot of things she says. She's very inspirational. Yeah. I bought you uh, a Kathy Lee and Hoda mug. And I still have it in my (laughs) cupboard. I, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what what other talk shows do you like? You like when I I've been home for Christmas. We've been watching. I love Kelly to watch. And Ryan. Yeah, I I love watching Kelly and Ryan. I like watching Ellen. Um, now I like uh, Harry Connick Jr. Yeah. Sometime. You know, so I enjoy like all those shows. Do you like Ryan for Kelly and Ryan? I do. I do. Yeah. I didn't think I would, but I really do. Yeah. He seems like he's getting into it and becoming a part of it. So yeah. I really do. I know. I also should mention my dad left the interview, so we lost him. We lost him. A baby came over, so he had to go take the baby. Um, But so we're going to wrap this up. Um, Is there anything uh, else, any movies that you saw that you loved? Uh, You guys aren't really big movie goers. No, no, no. We watch a lot of them at home. Like after they're, you know, as soon as they come out, we watch them. Anything Um, that you saw that you were like, damn, I love that movie. Well, there's a lot of them. I mean, I like all the, yeah. um, you know, the new one with the Christmas, uh, with the girls for Christmas, Bad Moms. Oh, yeah. Did you like that? Yeah. Did you that, see Bad Moms Christmas? Yes. That yeah. was very good. Um, also, speaking that. of, we talk a lot about Hallmark movies on here. Oh, you have Hallmark I, on I love long. Hallmark. I've been <laughs> watching too. Hallmark. I watch every one of them. I probably saw all of them 10 times each because yeah, I just watch it nonstop. I love Dad it. Dad because... kind of puts a limit on it. He's like, enough is enough. Every time he walks in the door. Hallmark is on. Yeah. But don't you feel that it just is relaxing because it's so, you so know exactly relaxing. what's going to happen, but in a yes. good way. It's so, so relaxing. Yeah. Yes, I love it. And I feel like it's depressing now that Christmas is over. 
Because there's nothing good to look forward to. Because everything that's on, a lot of the stuff that's on TV, I kind of get depressed with. Yeah. You know? I mean, there's so much, there's a lot of good, but there's a lot of bad. Um, I got to get you to start watching Housewives. That's my goal. Okay. That's my resolution. 2018. Okay. (laughs) I need you to start watching New York Housewives. We'll start with that. Okay. Because I know that you love your soap opera, so I know you'll love it. And... And your Aunt Chris is my the best. Show. My best That's friend best should friend. be on Housewives of whatever. You guys should be the Housewives of Cleveland. Yeah. We always say we could do a TV show together. I know. I wish you would. Yeah. You guys we would be a good it. cooking show. Yeah. We would do a good cooking show. We'd be better than Martha Stewart. We would be better yeah, than right. any of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Mom, thank you so much for doing this. I love you. I love you You're more. You're my favorite. My, I'm, I love you more. For anyone that's listening, just know this is the woman that I'm morphing into. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is who I. Every day I'm like, oh yeah, I'm. And my son Danny is the best, the best, the (laughs) best, best son. Okay, so we have family here, so we got to wrap this up. But I love you for doing this, and I love you just in general. Thank you, mom. I love you too. Okay, say goodbye. Bye bye. (laughs) So that's my mother, you guys. You guys have heard from my aunt Chris here on the podcast before, and now you finally get to hear from my mother, who I truly am morphing into. I mean. Honestly, in how 30 years, I'm going to be watching Hallmark movies 10 times just like she is. I'm basically doing that now. And I love that Big Little Lies moved too slow for her, but Mike and Molly does not. <laughs> Mike and Molly, which I'm not even sure is new episodes anymore, but she, they still, her and my dad watched that religiously uh, at least four times a day, but. Um, couldn't seem to get themselves to finish the seven episodes of Big Little Lies. So, you know, here we are. Anyway, I love them for doing that. And hopefully you'll get to hear from my dad. He was sitting down for the thing, and then my brother came over with the kids, and so my dad left the room, and so that's what happened there. I just want to explain it. Uh, So what else? New Jersey, Housewives of New Jersey made me cry this week when they were showing the flashbacks. I didn't realize that Danielle's daughters were there when Teresa called her a prostitution whore. Remember when Danielle slammed that cop without a badge book on the table? I didn't realize her daughters were there. It made me cry when I sing it back. It was sad. I mean, I don't know what it was. There was also probably a nostalgia factor. Anything with nostalgia makes me cry. And I just got home. I was at my. I was staying with my family for a little over a week over the holidays, and I had just gotten back from my trip back home. I was missing my family, and I don't know what it was, but this just made me cry. I had to immediately go take a shower so that the the waterfall of the shower head would mask the tears. <laughs> so that's, that's how I like, that's my preferred way of crying is in the shower. And then I immediately went to get some food um, to binge eat to, um, you know, mask my feelings. And at this point, I'm, I'm like 80% water, 20% peppermint bark, my body. I mean, after the holidays, I feel like all I've eaten is peppermint bark. You guys know that William Sonoma chocolate, like peppermint shit? I can't stop eating it. And after I saw that scene, I grabbed the bin, I grabbed the tin of peppermint bark that I have left over, and I just went to town. I did. I mean, I grabbed that tin of peppermint bark as if I've never seen it before. I looked at it the way Dorit looks at her son Jagger when he enters the scene. I was so excited. When I grabbed that peppermint bark to eat it to mask my feelings about Danielle and her daughters. Did we talk about Vanderpump Rules? Okay, so I'm switching gears again. We're going to talk about Vanderpump Rules, which is still firing on all cylinders. It was great this week. We learned that Tom cheated on Katie again. It's, you know, it's a problem. 
That's a problem. And I'm no Dr. Uh, Dr. Oz or Dr. What's that guy? Dr. Drew Pinsky. That guy who's always on fucking TV telling people they need help. And it's like, Dr. Pinsky needs some help. I digress. <laughs> anyway, Tom has a problem. Tom Tom has a, an issue with blacking out. So maybe he should cut out the drinking. And every time we see him on screen drinking, he is like really fucked up. I remember that uh, episode where he's just crying to Tom at the outdoor courtyard. I mean, let's not forget this magical moment from just a couple weeks back. Now that I know if I do this thing, I've been living in the future for like probably the past year. I'm always like anticipating all this shit that's gonna happen in the future. I'm out. Yeah, anyways, man. Yeah. No, no, I'm not that weird. dude. I'm just drunk. I can tell you one thing the future is gonna hold, and that is that we're gonna open up a fucking bar and it's gonna be amazing. <laughs> and if it's not, we're gonna do this. You're a fucking awesome person. I feel very privileged to know you, man. And it goes both ways. I mean, I don't go both ways, but it goes both ways. <laughs> now, I'm not saying that's an alcoholic, but I am saying that that's someone who should maybe reevaluate their drinking habits. Okay. And of course, this week we got Lala. The whole the whole reason for this all coming out is because Lala came back with a vengeance, and I'm so happy to have this this cartoonish villain come back onto our screens. I mean, she was wearing a shirt with pictures of herself on it, right? Like, <laughs> those were pictures of herself on her shirt, right? And it looked good. Like, I'm not knocking it. It looked good. She looks good. She And she, of course, gave us that wonderful lesson about how to get on a jet. And it's just to have tits and not be ugly. <laughs> that, was, that was her advice for getting a private plane. So, you know, I can't because I don't have tits. But, you know, any of the ladies out there, if you're looking to get on a private plane, Lala has the answers. She's a, a wisdom truth teller. Now, Brittany, I still want Brittany to get away from Jax. I feel bad that she's with him. I, I, I want to I mean, I yell in her face and yell, fly away, Brittany. You're so sweet, sweet and nice. Sweet? <laughs> I almost said sweet. You're so sweet and nice and cute. Like, get out of there. But, you know what? She's not listening. Oh, and when I did my season one binge, I noticed how hot Jax was season one. If you go back and see season one Jax, like, he was a fox. He didn't have all that bloat and everything that he got. Although he is, he is getting fitter again. He's starting to look good again. And mark my words, by, that, by the reunion, I bet Jax looks really, really good. I feel it coming. And, you know, I'm really hoping they bring Faith out for the reunion. Don't you think we need Faith? That, that'll be the best surprise guest, because I don't, think, I don't foresee Faith being on the show anymore. And she had that one little appearance where she said she slept with Jax, and now I need Bravo to be getting her at the reunion. And you know who else I need at the reunion? Is the old lady that was sleeping next to Jax and Faith when they were fucking. I need her... At this reunion, I'm not sure if she's still alive. Obviously, she was in, you know, at the twilight of her life, if Faith was taking care of her. (laughs) But we need to get her at the reunion. Somebody needs to get her an oxygen tank and wheel her out to the stage to the Sir restaurant, give her a goat cheese ball, and, you know, let's get Andy Cohen to ask her some questions. Because I need to know what she was doing while uh, Jax and Faith were doing it. She's who we need. She's the surprise guest we need. Okay, you guys, so I'm going to wrap this up. I have a super, super exciting guest next week. I'll announce it later, some point or whatever. Find me on social media on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Danny Pellegrino. On Facebook, I'm at Pellegrino Danny. And yeah, bye. Love you. <laughs> 
Oh, and please go rate and review this on iTunes if you can. I love you. Bye. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com.